0: The Spanish Announce Table. Hello and welcome to episode 372 of the Spanish Announce Table. My name is Thomas, uh, usually joined by Tim, but Tim's got some things to take care of. So I'm going to be rolling solo tonight. I'm going to be talking to you about the weird and wacky world of professional wrestling And what a crazy week it was, right? We've got some things to talk about. Uh, We're gonna follow the same format, even though I am rolling solo, uh, a little bit shorter, excuse me, of a segment than usual, because obviously we don't have the little ping pong between me and Tim, but that is all right. We are going to hear from you in hashtag tweet the table, gonna do a quick recap of AW Dynamite. And then as always educate you with some news, but, Since I am rolling solo tonight, I can kind of switch it up and do a little bit of a freestyle. And that's what I'm going to do. So we're going to combine the two segments to make the first segment. And what I mean by that, so we're going to get to a hashtag tweet the table that rolls into the news. So let's get started with. And again, for people watching on YouTube, you know that Tim does all the fun stuff here. So this is a peek behind the curtain, right? This is it. This is the library. This is where... Uh, Papa Shango, you know his, his library, so that's where I'm at. Um, so you're not going to see it up top because again, he has that software. I do not. Uh, but nonetheless, let's get right to it. We're going to kick it off with at pp, excuse me, p Peyton34 new to hashtag tweet table. So thank you so much, uh, Paul Payton p Peyton34 on Twitter. He says. What do you guys think of Cody Rhodes situation? Work or shoot? Hashtag tweet the table. And that's the news, right? So the biggest news story of the week is it's being reported by multiple reputable websites across the pro wrestling, internet wrestling community that Cody is no longer in AEW. Now he is one of the founders of AEW Uh, He was one of the talents that is featured the most week to week on AEW Dynamite, their signature show. He's obviously uh, the first person you would see on the uh, intro to Dynamite. And now apparently he's gone. So the skeptic in all of us thinks, is this a work or is this a shoot? And so I'm going to just lay it out as far as what I think both sides. And then I'll try to give you my two cents. So is it a a shoot? Well, it definitely seems like it could be right. Obviously, uh, if you were paying attention to the business side of AEW, W you're aware that three year contracts was what everyone signed. It's been three years for Cody and Brandy, and they may have not reached a settlement on money or creative uh, input, whatever it is, right. It's being reported that it was probably money and also Cody wishing he could be more of the, uh, creative input, creative source for AEW, unlike how it is currently right now with, uh, Tony Khan being that person. So yeah, right. The contract's up. He says, I want this. Tony says, I don't think so. They can't come to agreement. We go our separate ways. Now, it looks like Cody may be going to the WWE. Now, that's just being assumed. That's one thing I'd like to point out here, is we are just assuming that he's going to WWE. I know that it's being reported he's may have talked to them, but he could easily go to New Japan. He could easily go to Impact. He could easily go back to the uh, you know NWA Heavyweight Champion. His friend, Matt Cardona, is the champion. Why couldn't he do that? That would be fun, I would think, for him. So there's a number of options he has. I think that just the easy option is, well, WWE, right? There's only uh, two shows in town. It's either AEW and uh, WWE. If you're not on one, you're going to most likely be on the other. So that's all it can be. I don't think so. I don't think that that's the case. But it could be, right? So with the contract ending, we got WrestleMania season upon us. Big splash. Major match, Cody versus a number of people. Miz, you could do Miz and Maurice versus Brandy and Cody. You could do Triple H and Stephanie versus Cody and Brandy. You could just do Triple H versus Cody with their wives in the corner. Same with Miz versus Cody, wives in the corner, right? We got some other things we could do. He could go right in there. Other generational talents, you know, such as like a Randy Orton, second generation talent. He could go in there with a the program with him. Uh, there's a lot of different creative things that they could potentially do, but I don't know. So again, could this be a shoot? Yeah, anything can happen. You If you would have told me two years ago, CM Punk's going to be in AEW. I don't know if I would have believed you. You could have also told me two years ago, uh, Daniel Bryan's going to leave the WWE on his own, will to go to AEW and join them. I don't know if I believe you, same with Adam Cole, but all of those things happened. So why not this time, right? So that's that part. It could easily happen. Business is business. Sometimes you're making choices in your own interest, not in the interest of, you know, the IWC would love to have you stay with, uh, you know, AEW or WWE, whatever it is, right? Now, on the work part, you got some factors. One, he was a founding member of AEW. He did not leave WWE on the greatest of terms in the sense that he got his release. He made his list of the 10 people he wanted to wrestle. And then he did his walkabout uh, with the independent scene. And then, you know, him alongside his other friends created a w and him more than the others, more than the young bucks, more than Kenny Omega, even more than Jericho or John Moxley was the one that was taking the sledgehammer to the throne, right? His music starts with there's more than one royal family or whatever it is, right? So he's the one leaning in. If you're going to just look at a face value as the one that's saying like, This is the war. It's my company and my friends versus the big giant WWE. So again, never say never, but it doesn't seem like uh, WWE would be like, yeah, let's, let's get that guy back in the fold. He seems very happy with us. Right. Second thing that I would bring up is that AW, all of their biggest moments have been debuts, right? Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, the first pay-per-view, John Moxley, uh, CM Punk on the episode of rampage. That's how they've been making these milestone moments, right? We did get one swerve with Kenny Omega and then taking the title to impact wrestling. But really that was just kind of, you know, amongst the bubble of AEW and then other, um, surrounding promotions, right? It wasn't a WWE, AEW kind of moment. So what's the type of moment that they haven't had yet? A huge swerve, as I mentioned, they did have the, or excuse me, the Kenny Omega, and that was pretty big for the week, but this would be pretty incredible to have all of the news, all of the, uh, you know, store, or excuse me, all of the um, reports. Being put across all different websites that he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, taking him out of the uh, intro for AEW Dynamite. And then all of it to just be Cody screws Hangman for the page or Hangman Adam Page for the championship. Or, you know, you have him sit even a little bit longer, Kenny Omega comes back, you have Cody interject himself into the Bullet Club fun, right? Because really, since the Bullet Club went heel and did their thing, Cody's been an island to himself, just really doing his own thing with his own feuds and not really interacting with uh, that, you know, group of the Bullet Club anymore. So could he do that? easy right and then that way he has a new contract so then he can challenge for the AEW world championship it would piss everyone off then he could do that full heel turn i never liked you anyways i'm here for myself i had to do it to get the championship shot i could see that happening too also you got to think you know brandy started a W Heels. And I know that hasn't taken off, but it's still a project that she worked on. She just did the, uh, I believe it was the American American Heart Association Partnership. That just happened, what, two weeks ago? She she had Paige Van Zant and her feuding, and you know that she has things that she's wanting to do. She wants to come back and wrestle. I don't think if she goes to WWE, they're that too keen on getting her into the ring, right? Also with Cody, he has his Culture City with uh, the adaptive, um, viewing experience for wrestling fans that, you know, need those accommodations. He is also part of their outreach program, which he is such a huge fan of, uh, because you know, if you follow him on any type of social media, that's one of the things he pushes the most, right? Also, this is his baby. I would assume from just a personal standpoint, it would be hard to walk away from something you created, just off the basis of I need more money or I'd like a little bit more input. I would feel that it would have to be a major issue for you to leave something you created this soon, right? Because three years isn't that long, you know? We've been doing this podcast for eight years and I'm not leaving anytime soon. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the longest relationship they've had. This still is the honeymoon phase. So to walk away from that, i don't know if he's doing it i don't know if he's doing it so this is what i'll tell you from the news cody leaving aew i would not be shocked saturday for elimination chamber austin theory gets hurt you know leading up to the match backstage it's a mystery fill in the opponent it turns out to be cody cody then wins the championship Cody versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania wouldn't be shocked even in the slightest. However, and again, I could be wrong. I was wrong on plenty of things. You can check the record, bud. Uh, I have uh guessed and failed millions of times and I'm going to continue to do it more. So I'm not saying hand on Bible. This is the truth, but what my gut says, what my gut says is that this that this is a work, I feel like they're gonna have him sit for however many months. Every time I think about this news story, my mind goes right to what's the one thing Cody really hasn't done yet in AEW and that's be a part of a Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman, you know, Adam Cole, that whole group of uh, bullet club members. He hasn't been in, uh, in on any of that. He hasn't interjected. He hasn't been on one side or the other. Now they've done a little bit of stuff here and there, but like it's never been his feud. It's always been, he's either helped in a match or he kind of, you know, I, you know, I got your back, but I got something else to do. This would be the time he could go full heel join. I'm assuming Adam Cole. Cause it seems like Adam Cole is going to be the one that goes heel in this Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Jay White, Red Wagon, all that stuff. So that's my gut. I really think he's staying. I I don't, I would be pretty surprised. Again, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I would be shocked for someone like him, who has a father who was not treated well in WWE, to walk away because he also was not being treated well in WWE, because remember he was stardust, right? This thing. I think this is a work to get a different kind of reaction and a different kind of moment for AEW. That's just what I think. I don't know. Hashtag tweet the table. Let me know what you think. I'm calling work, but I'm not betting on it. I'm not a betting man on this one. I'm, I'm not telling you that uh, it's, it's you know, written in stone that he's staying at AEW. I don't know what's going to happen. But, Paul, thanks for the tweet. Uh, my gut says this is a work. Nah, I don't know. We'll see. So, all right, let's get into it. Now, uh, that was the news. Again, there's some other news stories, but I'm rolling solo. I don't really think that anything would Trump the Cody news in the IWC. So I don't feel like it really needs to be warranted. I know that there's the stone cold rumor, stone cold versus Kevin Owens, potentially at WrestleMania. We'll see, right? Like that's a story. I don't, I don't even like that. That story was reported because again, it's ruining the surprise because of Kevin Owens, you know, lights go out and someone comes out and it's stone cold. Well, I already read that it was going to be stone cold. So I kind of hate that I saw that story on my Twitter, but it is what it is. So let's get out of the news. Let's get into the hashtag tweet the table. Again, we like to hear from you. We, as Tim, like to say, Tim likes to say, we are the voice of the voiceless. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. Obviously, we kicked it off with Paul asking about Cody. Is this a work or shoot with a report that he is leaving? Gave you my two cents on that. But let's get into some more hashtag tweet the tables. Uh, first one comes from great friend of the show, Katie, the first lady. She says, about Bianca Belair's match on WWE raw, the chamber match. Great match overall Guess They're saving the final entrant reveal for hashtag WWE chamber. My guess is it's Oscar hashtag tweet the table. Well, we found out it wasn't Oscar. It was actually underwhelming because it was just Alexa bliss. Again, <sighs> WWE. I, I, I don't get it anymore. Everything doesn't make sense. Everything feels last minute and nothing feels special. You could have done something cool, maybe not monumental. And we're going to talk about for the, you know, remaining time that we have in this year, nothing like that. But like you could have done something cool this month with the reveal of Alexa bliss in this chamber match, but Nope, it was just, Hey, by the way, she's in it. So Bianca Belair kills. It goes, what, like 40 minutes plus in this, uh, gauntlet match absolutely just does incredible and then oh hey by the way that mystery person it's going to be the the one that's doing the uh the uh backstage segments with the doctor that's it cool huh i guess again we say this time after time but like who is into that who's into the how they announce alexa bliss for the elimination chamber Please tell me, because that was lame, lame, as could be. Um, well, again, Katie follows up with that hashtag tweet the table. will says, well, scratch that theory. I'll miss bliss or little miss bliss is in hashtag WW chamber hashtag, hashtag tweet the table. So there you go. So again, it was just announced. Hey, by the way, there you go. She's in. I'm going to keep it moving. Okay, let's do that. Uh, Let's move on. So we got P Payton saying his thing. We got a couple from Devil Vamp, and I'm actually going to save those. So uh, we're going to kind of sprinkle in the remaining uh, hashtag tweet the tables throughout the episode, because what I want to do now is get into the AEW Dynamite recap for new listeners or new viewers or longtime listeners and longtime viewers. We know that we like to talk about AEW Dynamite because it's our favorite show. And when we talk about Dynamite, we wanna do a little bit of a deep dive because so much happens and so much is fun. So let's get started with our AEW Dynamite recap. As I mentioned, we have the intro to Dynamite. Boom, we get Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Danielson and John Moxley. There's no Cody. There's no Cody, which is good attention to detail. If this is a work, just saying it's good attention to detail, but we get the, we get the show kicked off with cross-legged CM Punk. And if you got a cross-legged CM Punk, you know, something's going to happen here, right? Something is going to be said. There's going to be an announcement. He just doesn't do this for the heck of it. When he crosses his legs and takes a seat, you got something coming your way. And he goes and cuts a promo, and it's all about MJF. He starts it off though with a with a quote where I personally thought he was maybe going heel. Ends ends his first uh, paragraph of this uh, of this uh, promo was saying, "I'm better than you." Now he doesn't do the "and you know it" kind of thing, but that's a promo he cut early in his career uh, in the Independence Ring of Honor. You know that time period, and he says that that promo was the one that has spawned so many other careers inspired so many other wrestlers one in particular mjf right and he keeps on pointing out to this uh thing where mjf keeps on calling himself piper in portland uh brett in calgary um punk in chicago right but he keeps on going back to piper 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 and it all leads to his announcement That his match against MJF will take place at Revolution, and it's going to be a dog collar match with the caveat there, not the caveat, but the the sprinkle on top of the announcement is he asked, will you be my Valentine Valentine's Day, you know, two days ago. Um, And the most famous dog collar match there is. Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Rowdy Piper. So I just thought that was perfect. I thought that was the coolest way to say, like, will you be my Valentine? It's timely for the holiday that just happened. It also ties into the most famous dog collar match they've had, or that's happened in pro wrestling. There's only been one other dog collar match in AEW, and they mentioned it, and they said Cody. That was another thing, right? They, They weren't shying away from, hey, it was Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee, but I thought that was interesting. But yeah, there you go. So it's announced at Revolution. We're going to get CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match, which then brings out MJF and CM Punk doesn't even give him a shot to talk. He just says, hey, look at this. uh, Look at this photo. This is the best day in your life. And to me, it was Friday. Woo! come on. MJF doesn't even have a comeback. Doesn't even have a one-liner for him. Just throws the microphone down, walks off in disgust. Thought thought we kicked it off great with a really fun promo from uh, CM Punk towards MJF. And MJF not trying to upstage it, understanding the moment and letting it breathe. I thought that was really cool too. So we get a commercial break, then we come back. Tony Schiavone announces, or excuse me, Tony Schiavone is backstage with Jurassic Express. And this was fun, right? Um, it's announced that at revolution, it's going to be Jurassic express in a triple threat for the tag team championships. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I have a theory of who that's going to be my theory and we'll get to it, I guess. Uh, cause again, I'm just freestyling this. My theory is the other two teams, young bucks, red wagon. Red Dragon for new listeners. I like to call them Red Wagon. Uh, I think it's those two. I think it's going to be the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, Jurassic Express, Triple Threat at Revolution. I think you got some stories to tell with Jurassic Express being the tag champs that obviously gives them credibility to be in the match as they are the champions. But you get the storytelling between Super Elite Bullet Rubber Band Club, right? That seems like it's where it's going to go. So, We'll see. We also got a little dig on uh Jungle Boy to Christian Cage saying, "Uh hey, you know, I know how to win uh, elimination matches too, huh? Isn't that right? Cuz if you recall, that's how Jungle Boy beat Christian Cage in their one match against each other." Um but yeah, so here we go. We're going to get already two matches announced for Revolution, a dog collar match, MJF versus CM Punk, and then a triple threat tag team championship match. Good night. We haven't even gotten to the ring yet. And we've got some crazy announcements. So let's get into the ring, right? We have Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. And what the (laughs) the moves that they did throughout this match would make even the most curmudgeon. I don't like you know, I wanted to make it look real. They were still doing some of the craziest, you know, pretzel like submissions on each other. There was at one point they were balancing on their heads, but their legs were connected and they're punching each other in the gut. giving them a, you know, a, how's your father? And it was just awesome. Just liked it so much. Uh, Brian Danielson gets the victory. Does the triangle choke a la Nate Diaz on Kurt Pellegrino. If you remember that, if you haven't go Google it with, uh, a modified version from Brian Danielson doing the flex, where if you've watched the Nate Diaz version, he's doing the double middle fingers still a cool, uh, you know, paying homage to, to the OG Nate Diaz in that spot there. So I like that. And as soon as we get done with the match, who comes out? Oh, it's John Moxley and John Moxley has some shit to talk. He comes out and he's talking about, hey, I haven't beat you before, right? We've we met and I got in the ring. You showed up late, which, by the way, read the Daniel Bryan book. And he talks about this where that was the first time he met John Moxley. Uh, it's a cool story in the book, but it was touched on, obviously, in this promo. And then john moxley moves from that first match to then telling us he's never beat him one-on-one never beat him in his career and he wants to but does he also want to join forces and essentially we get at the very end hey i'm not saying yes i'm not saying no but if i stand next to anyone i gotta bleed with them first And that tells me there's match number three announced for revolution, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. I think what we're going to get here is we're going to get a match at revolution, a knockdown drag out war, where I think John Moxley wins so that we don't have that hanging over our head. Then begrudgingly, he, he respects Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson maybe understands maybe he's not the top dog anymore, right? Because that would mean in the two biggest high profile matches he's had, he's lost because he would have lost to John Moxley and then previous to that he lost to Hangman Adam Page. Right? Maybe he's like, well, maybe I do need to get me a stable because it seems like that's what you do to get over and stay on top. So I think that's what happens. So we get our cake and eat it too, where we get the match that we want Moxley versus Brian Danielson. But then we get that very enticing stable of, you know, violence and all the violence with that. Right. So I think that's where we're going. We'll see. Now let's get back to uh, a hashtag tweet the table because our next hashtag tweet the table deals with the Brian Danielson, Lee Moriarty match. That comes to us from at devil vamp. It says the violence, Brian Danielson, the violent Brian Danielson is fucking insane. This guy portrays an amazing psychopath more than mocks. To be honest, I don't know about that. That's a great tweet. Love it. Thanks devil vamp for, uh, giving us your input here on AEW dynamite. Look, Brian Danielson will kick your head in and he will, you know put you in submissions that will make you quit even before you even realize what's happening to you right all of those things are true however let's not forget that John Moxley's the GCW heavyweight champion right if you don't know what GCW is go go google that as well go uh, watch a youtube video and i mean just watch the John Moxley Nick Gage match where Moxley retained his championship over Nick Gage that wasn't you know side headlocks and 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 kicks to the chest that was some glass in your mouth and on your forehead and a pizza cutter and whatnot so i'm not saying that the violence brian danielson uh, displays is not impressive it's very impressive but it's more competitive i feel like brian danielson pushes the limits of almost getting Disqualified, but not getting that close, but making sure that his opponent knows that he was in a match with Brian Danielson, where John Moxley could care less if he wins or loses. His whole objective is I'm going to make sure my opponent is hurt, right? He could lose one, two, three, but as long as he knows, Hey, that guy is not walking in the same way he's walking out. I think, or walking out the same way he walked in. I think he's happy. So yeah both very violent wrestlers especially in the AEW landscape especially a brian danielson now compared to the daniel Bryan we saw uh this is the best work that i've ever seen obviously i've seen some of the ring of honor work but i wasn't following it you know week by week back then this is what i'm following now and it is incredible absolutely awesome and, and credit to lee too in this match he held his own he did really well this was a good showing For him, it wasn't as if this was a squash match and then kick you to the curb. Let's talk about Moxley and Danielson. Lee got in there and got his stuff in. uh, And obviously Danielson won because that's the right move to to have. Um, But I'm interested because I'm interested if they do this faction, the names that they mentioned, Daniel Garcia, Lee uh, 2.0, I think is who they mentioned. I don't recall everyone that they were talking about, but how does that happen? right? Do they just knock on your door and yell violence and then you just join? I mean, I don't know. So it's going to be interesting. I love the storytelling so far from AEW, especially with this story. Uh, So I'm excited to see where it goes. Next up, we get Keith Lee. He talks about, hey, step one of this takeover is getting that match over with and getting qualified for the face of the revolution ladder match phase two is winning that ladder match. So uh, it was good to see Keith Lee in a promo on a W. Uh, and as we talk about in this next match, looks like we might have just the biggest, meatiest men slapping meat in a ladder match because Keith Lee won his match. He is in the ladder match. After his promo, we get the second qualifier match of the face of the revolution Uh, ladder match, Wardlow versus Max Caster, and Wardlow wins. So now we got Wardlow and Keith Lee. Those are your first two entrants into this ladder match. And let's just say uh, those aren't luchadors, right? We're not getting backflips and Hurricane Ranas. I mean, maybe. Those guys are super athletic, so possibly. But you understand what I'm saying. We're not getting the Dante Martins, who has a match on Friday night, against Powerhouse Hobbs. I think Dante Martin takes that so that we do get some diversity in the match, but I wouldn't hate it if Powerhouse Hobbs gets in. And then you get Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, and Wardlow as your first three entrants. (laughs) Come on, huh? That's fun. That's gonna be fun. Dante Martin will be fun too. I'm not saying like, oh, I would hate it, but give me all the meatiest men. Put in Brian Cage. Put in Jake Hager. Uh, who else do we got? Um, put in uh, ten, right? Let's put them all in. Make it, make it just big, meaty men throwing ladders at each other. That's what I want. But again, we get Wardlow with his power bomb symphony. You know, a little rinse repeat kind of from both guys. Max Caster does his shit with the promo or with the uh, rap as he comes in, and then Wardlow gets the power bombs. We're all even happy, right? Backstage after the match, we get Tony Schiavone talking to Britt Baker, and she says to Mercedes Martinez, I brought you in here. I don't even care if you win. Well, I get, I care that you win, but I want you to take out Thunder Rosa. Damn it. And then Cobra Kai shows up, which was weird. And it was just like, hey, sweep the leg or whatever. I don't, that was kind of weird. Look, earlier in the night, too, we had, uh, Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or Clarissa explains it all, depending on your age, how you know her. Um, So some really random uh, throwback celebrity uh, moments in this episode. This one being the otter of the two because, you know, Sabrina was just in the crowd. Hey, I like wrestling. Cool. Great. Uh, Old Cobra Kai over here is, uh, you know, giving her the old karate kid advice. Sweep the leg, take her out if she's weak, all this stuff. I don't know. It was fine. I don't want it to happen again. Right. It was cool for one night, but like at the, you know, face or at revolution, if we're getting Britt Baker rolling out of the ring to get advice from all uh, villain and karate kid, eh, not that interested, but it was still fine. Then let's get back into the champion. There we go. Sorry about that. Missed my uh, spot there for a second. So after a commercial break, then we get Tony Schiavone talking to the AEW world heavyweight champion, Hangman Adam Page. And just like they do in AEW before Hangman can even get four sentences out, Adam Cole, baby, comes out and he just goes right in on Hangman. Now they did this very respectfully, right? Where he was saying all the right things to give him uh, him being hangman, uh, the respect he deserves, but says like, I'm in this promotion to be champion and realize we've known each other a long time. And every time we're in the same promotion, you're the other Adam. I am the marquee. I am the main eventer. Adam Cole, Bay, Bay is who they come to see. They don't come to see hangman hangman retorts and says, Hey, You've been everywhere. You've done everything. Doesn't it suck that you came here and you're not gonna be champ? And that really got it, Adam Cole. That was that was fun. That was a good line from Hangman. He didn't look out of place. Hangman. He held his own. But Adam Cole really uh, led the dance with this promo, and he ends it with a handshake. Hey, when when the time is right, me and you we're gonna wrestle for that championship. They they shake hands. Adam Cole walks out, gives us a little grin. Red wagon comes out and they're cleaning house on all hangman. Adam Cole runs in and he puts the boots to him. So all that for nothing, right? Ah, Uh, the undisputed era. They're here to kick hangman's ass. So they're doing it. They're kicking him, kicking him, kicking him. And um, hangman's old friends, the uh, Dark Order comes out and they clear house. And then 10 just snaps. Just was like, I need violence in my life. Chaos is fun. What are these security guards doing in the ring? They need to be, see ya. And that's what he does. He takes this guy, see ya. Takes that guy, see ya. And just cleans house. To the point where it was a segment with Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. And you left the segment going like, is 10 okay? What happened to that guy? So Friday night, I think it was announced for Friday night. We're going to get Adam Cole versus 10. Fun matchup, uh, but really the person I was the most impressed with uh, at the end of this segment was 10 because I was like, that guy is on a rampage. Again, put him in that face of the revolution match with Keith Lee, Brian Cage, um, and Wardlow. Brian Cage hasn't you know, been qualified or announced. I'm just saying, put those guys in there. I'm all for that. But that's what we get the uh, hangman segment from, and it was all fine. And then, again, backstage, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. um, Or, excuse me. I'm out of order. I apologize. I apologize. What we got next was a tag team match. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, Santana and Ortiz, the inner circle, Civil War. And before the match even could get going, we get a surprise. We get the surprise of eddie kingston and i tell you what any episode that has eddie kingston is instantly the best episode of AEW dynamite and this was fun he was the glue that made this feud make more sense with him absent i understood the motivations of santana and ortiz but there wasn't that bonding agent that said okay well where would they go or what's their motivation well eddie kingston being their friend Eddie Kingston getting in their ear, saying that they could be better if they were out of the inner circle. That makes more sense of why now there's this instant beef with Chris Jericho and Jake Hager, which by the way, Jake Hager. I know I mentioned for the face of the revolution match, I wouldn't mind it. But is there anyone in AEW who is more not the mold of AEW? than Jake Hager. And he's been there since day one. I think he debuted on the debut episode of dynamite where they formed the inner circle. And I don't know. He just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. There's just AEW has a vibe and a feel and a look and a wrestling style. And Hager isn't it. I mean, I'm again, I'm not saying that it's, he's bad. Eh, his promos aren't great, but God, he just, I just, Look, if we're cutting people and contracts are expiring, Tony Khan, I'm not gonna hate if you let his go. You know what I mean? But anyhow, this match was good. Uh, Credit to Chris Jericho, because he takes the pin from Santana and he didn't have to, right? Jake Hager could have took this or they could have done kind of a schmoz finish. Now, Jericho punches Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston falls to the ground. Then that's when Santana gets his finisher in And Jericho takes the pin. So it was a little bit, you know, not as clean as it could be, but he took it, right? He lost. It was in the middle of the ring. And then as soon as the match is over, Jericho just son of a bitch that Eddie Kingston, which how many wrestlers right now have said that it feels like half the roster or if more uh, have a beef with Eddie Kingston. I think, I think we need to revisit uh, that segment from a few months ago where Eddie Kingston uh, did a promo on all of his enemies. And the first one he said was God, which I thought was funny. Uh, I think Eddie Kingston needs to revisit that. Cause now he's got 2.0, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, Chris Jericho. Uh, is he still cool? John Moxley. Cause now John Moxley's back. We don't know, right? Like they could be cool. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff ha- happening around Eddie Kingston. It would be cool to have him get a little bit more of a focus. Cause again, CM Punk is another one that he has beef with. Um, but yeah, Jericho and Kingston, they brawl. So again, another match that I think is going to be happening uh, at Revolution. Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, styles that I don't necessarily will be the greatest match in the world, but promos and storytelling leading up to it, I'm in for. Right, that's going to be fun, and they're not going to have a bad match at all. They're really talented wrestlers. I'm just going to say, you know, uh, you know, a. a John Moxley, Brian Danielson, from just an in-ring standpoint, is probably going to have a higher quality. But Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho might even have better promos going into their match. So I'm excited to see what that happens. Now, again, as I mentioned, Adam Cole is backstage with the Bucks and uh, Fish and O'Reilly, Red Wagon. And Cole asks the Bucks, "Hey, where were you?" And Cole then says he's going to kick Ten's ass on uh, Rampage, and then. Next week, there's going to be a bat, two Battle Royals uh, to determine the number one contenders. That's where I think we're going to get the Young Bucks and Red Dragon as the winners of those matches. That makes the triple threat between those teams and the champs, the Jurassic Express. Um, but then they leave, right? So the Young Bucks go left. Red Dragons go right or vice versa. I don't remember. And then Adam Cole is just stuck in the middle. And Cutler even goes like, which way are you going to go? And Cole just snaps at him. He's like, turn off the camera. Damn it. Cause where does he go? He leaned one way. Then he went the other way. These, these two teams obviously don't like each other. They're competitive. Doesn't seem like they were really great friends before Adam Cole got them all in the same room. So what happens with Adam Cole? I think the writing on the wall says he goes undisputed era. Kenny Omega comes back. We get young bucks, Kenny Omega versus undisputed era. I think that's where we're going. I think that's kind of the consensus across the board of what everyone thinks, but it's still gonna be fun to get there. Now we get back into the ring and it's that no disqualification match. Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa. Again, not the biggest fan of the placement of the women's match. It's always right before the main event. We always got to get it right in before the main event. Why don't we kick off with this? You know, we could have had punk in this spot right before the main event. He did that. Awesome. And you could have kicked it off with a knockdown drag out fight, which was Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa. And these two women brought it. There was chairs and pipes and more chairs and just incredible amount of violence from too late. The, the suplex through kind of half the table or whatever that was, Uh, it was violence and it was awesome. And Thunder Rosa wins, which then pisses off Britt Baker. So Britt Baker comes out with her two goons, you know, two ladies that are uh, with her and they're beating up Thunder Rosa. And then they finally say, Mercedes, take the pipe, hit her in the head. Now, after that kind of a war and they did have a handshake post match, Mercedes Martinez kind of gives a, you know, thinks on it a little bit more than I think Britt Baker liked. So she has no patience for it takes her out right so it looks like it's gonna be hater martinez coming soon but it looks like at revolution we're getting thunder rosa versus Britt baker and if you've listened to me once you're gonna hear it again i cannot wait for this figure out a lights out match or no disqualification like this was but give me the violence between these two women because the last time they did it, it was match of the year. Last year's match of the year. In my opinion, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. You run that back at a pay-per-view that has all the matches that have already been announced. MJF, CM punk. I think it steals the show. I think it steals the show over all of those matches because these two women just have chemistry, I think. And they know how to tell a story and they're willing to go to that next level. So I am over the moon. Excited for the buildup and match between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Can't be more excited. Love it. Love it. Love it. So after that match, we get a video package from the House of Black. Looks like there's a third member. Ooh, look at this. Ooh, third member. It had the guy had a beard. Look like I didn't do like a, you know, frame by frame uh, dissection of the vignette, but it looked like the third person had a beard now who could that be i think easy money says it's buddy murphy that feels just like a safe easy bet to say like can't be someone that overshadows alistair black uh or brody king but also someone at a brody king level that can hold his own in a tag match or in a singles match buddy murphy i think checks all those boxes but wouldn't it be fun if it was bray wyatt Hmm? Wouldn't that be fun? Aleister Black concedes this, you know, craziness to a higher power, which is Bray Wyatt. I think that would be fun. I don't think that's what they're doing, but I wouldn't hate it. No, so I, I get, it. I think it's Buddy Murphy. He's the free agent. He was the one teasing uh, the last time when there was a um, debut. I can't even remember who the debut was now. Uh, But Buddy Murphy was kind of saying it could be me. It could be me. And then it was a swerve and it was someone else. Uh, Hashtag tweet table, if you remember that, because I can't remember who that was. They've had so many debuts. Keith Lee, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, all the, you know, all the names out there. Um, Brody King. Uh, But yeah, should be interesting to see what we get. Because next week we're going to get two thirds of Death Triangle taking on two members of the House of Black. Again, which, I mean, all four guys are telling amazing stories. Pac with the bird box thing, Penta with dark mask, you know, Venom style Penta coming out and the house of black doing all their crazy tarot cards and witchcraft and whatnot. I'm down for it. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, then what do we get here? Then we get a video package. Of Jay White talking about how Uh, He beat Kenny Omega, and if he didn't run Kenny Omega out of New Japan, there would be no AEW, so like, thank you. Say your thank yous to Jay White, because obviously he created this AEW, at least in his mind. So a little shit-talking on Kenny Omega, which should be interesting to hear the feedback from Adam Cole. How does he feel about that, right? But Friday night, we're going to get Jay White versus Trent Uh, Should be fun match. I think Trent can give anyone a showcase match that they need for a new audience. You know, he knows how to sell for those uh, talents like Jay White, like Adam Cole, uh, you know, Jay Lethal as well. He can he can make those newer talents for uh, a crowd who may not have seen them before look good. So that should be fun. Um, And then after the commercial break, we get into the main event. The TNT Championship match, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, two of the four pillars in AEW, as we're told, and they go at it. Babyface versus Babyface. This crowd, not only for this match, by the way, for the entire show was off the charts. I actually uh, on Twitter at table show, I live tweet during the show. I even said, like, I'm jealous. I want to be there. That crowd was just hot for everything. The CM Punk promo, Eddie Kingston walking out, Thunder Rosa with the chair looking like Kill Bill. Um, obviously, this match with it's all, all of its high spots, they were just outstanding. Credits of wherever they were. I, don't even, I didn't write down where they were, but credit to that crowd. It wasn't Green Bay, obviously. So wherever that was, thumbs up to you. But this main event for the TNC Championship match had it all, right? Had a counter to the suicide dive into a cutter. You had uh Sammy Guevara bouncing off the, the ring apron, you had Darby Allen bouncing off the top rope from like a gut buster or whatever it is. And then at the end, when it looks like we get Darby Allen gonna give uh Sammy Guevara the old coffin drop, Andrade walks out and damn, knocks out old Darby Allen. Sammy Guevara, none the wiser, takes advantage of the situation, hits him with his finisher. And Sammy Guevara is your, still your TNT champion with the two belts, which, by the way, another thing, if you're kind of looking at, is Cody gone? I feel like if he was gone, Sammy would have walked out with one belt, were... Putting under the rug. Hey, Sammy's been champ this entire time, right? What the hell was that interim thing? It was a fun moment, but look who it is. Having the two belts reminds me, as the viewer, that Cody had one of them. That's all I'm saying. So, I don't know. Again, more conspiracy theories. It's fun to have fun in pro wrestling with those conspiracy theories. We shall see. But, Sammy Guevara retains in this match. And then, Matt Hardy runs down and attacks Darby Allen. Guevara gets back into the ring to help... uh, Darby Guevara and Matt Hardy are fighting each other, which then allows, uh, Andrade to hit, I think it was Sammy Guevara with his tablet or whatever the hell that thing was, it looked like a tablet to me. I don't know what it was. And now it looks like Andrade stands over Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. So do we get a triple threat at revolution for the TNT championship? Huh? We're getting all the gimmicks. It seems like dog collar matches, triple threats, uh, whatever Britt Baker and, uh, Thunder Rosa are going to do is going to be not a traditional match. I assume. So revolution is already, you know, we're mid February and that match is beginning of March. We are already shaping this card up to be one. You can't miss. I'm very excited about that. I'm also very excited for Friday night. Uh, AEW Dynamite or excuse me, AEW Rampage, Dynamite's Wednesdays, Rampage is Friday. Duh, I know that. Um, and for this episode, thought it was really good. Didn't think there was any, you know, home run moments. We're not gonna look back and say, like, you know, it wasn't a Keith Lee debut or a Brian Danielson debut or anything like that. But these episodes set such a high standard that this episode on any other promotions television is an all-time classic. And for AEW, it's it's another high bar that they achieved on a Wednesday night. It's incredible. Everything that they're doing right now, in my opinion, is a home run. I know you could nitpick and you know pinpoint some things. Jade Cargill is a TBS champion, but she really doesn't defend the championship on TBS. Right? I mean, I get it. But that's splitting hairs. Generally speaking, all of the stories, all of the major stories that they have, are outstanding. And I love it. I can't wait for next week. And as mentioned, um, I am running solo. If you haven't caught on by now, there's no one else I'm talking to except for you. Uh, So we're going to cut this one a little early. I appreciate uh, the tweet the tables. Again, join that conversation. We will respond to your hashtag tweets tables throughout the week. So don't think that if you use it, we are just going to sit on it. We'll read it and we'll respond to it if if need be but we will also save it for the podcast episode and talk to you on the next uh next show um but again we got revolution coming up saturday we got elimination chamber which should be something i don't know it's gonna happen uh not too excited about that show if i'm being honest because it seems uh, icky that's what i'll say it seems icky but You guys are not icky. You like that transition? We like you so much. Excited to talk to Tim next week. Excited to talk to you next week. Uh, And as always, use hashtag table and we will talk to you soon. The Spanish Announce Table.